Okay, everyone, I'm situated. I'm feeling good. It's Wednesday. Woke up thinking it was Thursday, but it's not. So, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to take it for what it's worth, and we're going to have a great day. Uh, and we're going to start it by welcoming you into Outkick the Morning with me, Charlie Arnold. How about that? Um, okay, so I was really excited because despite the fact that Sean Strickland lost the middleweight championship fight to Dreykus Duplessis, you know, the guy just spits facts. He does. It's all he does. So I was happy to still see him continuing on that trajectory uh, because this time he's calling out the vicious cycle that our society has unfortunately become. Listen to what he had to say. We live in the matrix where like society actively tries to numb you. They actively try to say, hey, when you wake up at four in the morning and you have to go lay rebar in LAX, and you don't make enough money, even though you work an eight-hour job with overtime, you don't make enough money to raise a family. So guess what? Now your wife also has to work a job. And go, don't worry, the, 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 you, the, the school system will raise your kids. And, and all while they do that, they, they beat you into the f***ing dirt. And they say, hey, but you know what? You could try this new vodka, Jack Daniels. It's f***ing great. Go down smooth. And it's so difficult in life not to want to reach towards even if it's a social media addiction even if it's a sex addiction it's so difficult in life for the average man to to go work his ass off come home and still not have enough and all you got to do is take a drag take a hit take a drink and for that split moment the worries go away it's it's such a struggle Also, the background music, I mean, come on. I feel like I was watching, like, a Tony Robbins type guy. I mean, since when did Sean Strickland become one of the smartest men on the planet? Uh, The background music definitely helps. But he's very correct with everything that he's saying. Right on the money. Because our society has really lost touch with reality because of -of out-of-control expectations that I will admit I also have myself. I am not going to pretend like I am some better than thou type of person. I have myself ridiculously high expectations for myself, also for those around me. Uh, But it is leading to addiction running rampant on so many different levels. Sean Strickland named several of them. Um, People just aren't happy. They don't know how to be happy. So to none themselves, they are pushed into what is actually a very dangerous direction. Uh, But let's be very clear about that. People in many of these cases, like Strickland alluded to and articulated, this is a purposeful push. Big corporations are pushing people in this direction, big pharma. Uh, But the addictions, the types of them, there's so many. I mean, you look at drugs and alcohol being one of them. People are unhappy, so what are they going to try to do to numb their brains and maybe put them in a better headspace? They're going to turn to, whether it's street drugs or antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds. I mean, those type of prescriptions are going through the roof. Uh, People want to find a way to escape and to feel better, which is ultimately not helping them to feel better. They're just getting hooked on something that they probably didn't even need in the first place. I mean, these are all very superficial issues that we're all dealing with. Not to mention, people are turning to social media to try to feel better about themselves, when meanwhile, so it's social media. We've talked about this so many different times. It's social media that's actually making us feel even worse because we are looking at people who are portraying their lives to be something that they're not. So now we're taking in these expectations 
in trying to duplicate them when meanwhile they do not exist. People are posting their highlight reels. Just because you post, oh, I'm having this incredible vacation doesn't mean you're always on vacation. 330 out of the 365 days a year, probably even more, you're at work living a very probably mundane life that is very similar to the people who feel like they can't get ahead in life. And also as far as the the woman, you know, having to work and not being able to stay at home and take care of the child because of the family's expectations that they must have more money, they must have more belongings, they must have more vacations, that's also doing a lot of harm because then the man doesn't feel like he's providing enough. The woman has to go to work, so therefore the child can't be taken care of by its mother, has to be sent into what's probably a not so great school system in a lot of cases, as we've noticed throughout the news, all of the headlines keep popping up. Just yesterday, we mentioned a disgusting book that's now being pushed in elementary schools that I think the premise is like anal sex or something disgusting like that. Um, that's not something that belongs in schools, but because women are no longer able to stay at home with the kids, they're now going to school and being indoctrinated by some of the worst of teachers, administrators, uh, these books that are being pushed. Uh, it's all really just a vicious cycle. You can see where I'm going with this. And, and Strickland talked about this uh, very well, might I add. He's a very, very smart guy. I can see him having a very fruitful career even outside of the UFC because if he keeps talking about stuff like this that people find to be very important, he's going to get a lot of traction there. Uh, but let's just look at some of the you know basis for concerns also. just I'm going to lay out a few facts for you. Uh, during June of 2020, the height of COVID, the CDC reported 40% of U.S. adults were struggling with a mental health disorder. That number, no doubt, has only gone up. People feel more isolated People are finding themselves in situations on social media more than ever that is making them feel more mentally ill. It's very unfortunate, but it's true. Uh, also, according to the NIH, the National Institute of Health, overdose deaths climbed from 70,630 in 2019 to 91,799 in 2020. And then in 2021, listen to this number, 106,699. So you can see the trajectory, the trend here. I can only imagine what that number is now in 2023. Oh, and even CNN, even CNN admitting the world is becoming obese with a report that predicts that more than half of the world will be obese by 2035. If that's not a problem, I don't know what is. And a lot of people, we talk about addiction, they turn to food as one way to fulfill that addiction, to fulfill the unhappiness that remains in their hearts and souls, and therefore, uh, obesity, no doubt, going to be uh, something we will see more of. But now, let's bring in Fox News contributor Joe Concha to react to all of the different things along the spectrum, which I just got to. Uh, Joe, I hate to bring you in on such a depressing note on this Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I said one positive thing to start the show, but it's all very sad. Like, it is truly a very vicious cycle. You know, the man doesn't feel fulfilled in what he's able to do and provide for the family. So therefore, the woman has to go to work. Therefore, no one's able to stay home and take care of the child. Therefore, they're being, you know, being pushed into a school system, which we've seen so many examples of. Uh, they're being taught so many horrible different things and being indoctrinated in the most disgusting of ways. And then addiction kicks in because people are unhappy. And then, you know, the kid wants to go in a different direction. It's just... I don't know how to break the cycle 
uh, but we're definitely in one. Wow. It's it's a heavy Wednesday, uh, apparently, Charlie. And yeah. uh, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. I, I thought it was Thursday, too, because Wednesday has like no feel to it whatsoever. <laughs> so I, I, I get it completely. Yeah. So let's laugh a little bit. But look, in my personal situation, I work, let's see, I'm a Fox News contributor. I'm a columnist for The Messenger. I'm just finishing up uh, my second book. I do a ton of radio in terms of fill-in work. I've had you on some shows that I've been on before. Yes. Uh, so I I'm working a lot, right? Because I live in this state called New Jersey, uh, which people make fun of and people watch Jersey Shore and they, they, they have certain feelings about it. But here's the facts. It's one of the most expensive states in the country to live in, especially when you live near New York like I do. So I have to work all those jobs. And my wife, she's an ER doctor, which, you know, if you're going to be a doctor and wow. you're young and you're watching this, you want to be one, go into derm, like dermatology, because there's a lot more money in that. When you work in the ER, you see everything possible. And she works long hours and she's working right now. And I'm in my home studio. I know it looks like I'm in New York now. I'm in a basement in Jersey. Trust me. And, uh, <laughs> and, and well, the, we don't have any Jersey background, so I have to use New York. But my kids are upstairs right now. And after I'm done talking to you, then I'll have to get them ready for, for school and get them off and then pick them up and take them to practices. This isn't a sob story for me. This is the life I chose. And and I, I sound like probably I'm depressed. I'm not. I'm very happy. I'm very fulfilled. But there are a lot of people don't, that don't have jobs like I do, which is I don't feel like I'm doing a job because I really enjoy writing and I enjoy going on television and hosting shows and so on, as you do as well. So we're in a very finite, small group of people who at least look forward to going to work every day. I couldn't imagine the guy or the gal who has to now go work in construction in a day like this where it's 35 degrees and it's sideways sleet uh, or, or working as a waitress or working as pick your job, right? So that's got to be very, very tough. And then you talked about addiction. CDC, here's another stat for you. Two-thirds of Americans say their lives have been affected by addiction. So either they're addicted or somebody in their family or somebody close to them is wow. addicted and therefore having an impact on them. Two-thirds. Can you imagine this? So, uh, yeah, look, I, I don't know what the solution is. I think we live in a country now where inflation's out of control. I look at my bank account and I'm like, I'm working all these jobs, yet I don't seem to be able to save the way I'd like to for retirement, for my kids' college education, despite the fact my wife also works because we live in such an expensive state. So I, I think it's, I don't know what the solution is, but it just seems like the American dream is getting further and further away from people because it's just too damn expensive to live in this country. It is so expensive. And like you just mentioned, I mean, I don't think it's any secret, you know, having certain jobs like we have, it pays pretty well, at least much better than the people who are, you know, doing jobs that also, being very honest, are much more difficult than what we're doing. Hard labor, working in a factory line, uh, yeah. you know, some of the frontline workers. I mean, it's just, it's really very sad. And it's very sad to also realize that the family's getting disrupted as a result of not only are people not making enough money in their jobs, uh, but the, the cost of living, like you just said, is just so stupidly expensive. Uh, even I, I'm alarmed when I go to the store right now. I am alarmed at the amount of things that I walk out with for the cost that I'm walking out with them for. And it just makes so much sense. Like people feel like they can't provide, uh, they can't have the life that they probably envisioned themselves having, right? When you're younger, you have all of these like goals and dreams and in your mind, you're like, I'm gonna be doing this and that. And then ultimately when it comes down to it, it's like, wait a second, I can't afford to do any of this 
if I want to, you know, still be able to enjoy just like a baseline normal life for myself and my family, it, it is all very sad. And the, the two thirds of addiction thing, my God. And, and as we know, I, I kind of, you know, re, uh, laid out some examples at the beginning of the show. Addiction isn't just what it used to look like where, you know, when you told someone, oh, they struggle with addiction, it was, oh, they're strung out on crack cocaine. I mean, addiction takes so many different forms now. And like we've seen some of the, I mean, at least that I've noticed in the past few years, I think because we have social media, we are made more aware of some of these news stories that maybe wouldn't have otherwise. I mean, you're seeing like former beauty pageant queens who are committing suicide. I remember there was like a, a miss something or other who jumped off the side of a building in New York. A, was it like a, a year ago or so? Gorgeous, gorgeous girl, uh, you know, philanthropist, doing all these cool things. She had just won like a Miss America or Miss USA pageant, one of those things. And I'm like, what are you doing jumping off the side of a building? It's just, but social media, I'm, I'm yeah. going to say it. And I'm going to say it over and over again. You get on social media, you constantly compare yourself to others. I don't care how incredible your life is. It's going to do something very sick to your head. No doubt. I mean, it's it, because it, it creates, it's what Steve Strickland was talking about before. There's pressure. It's constant pressure to get to a certain level that you may not be able to uh, attain. And then to your point, you, you're exposed to all these stories, all these videos. I don't need to see and, and I, I I almost forced myself to watch it because I was trying to understand how horrible it was. And I hate to take this in a completely uh, horrific direction. But when you see what Hamas did to those Israelis and even Americans, obviously, as well, on October 7th, you're like, there are human beings on the planet that will actually do this to other human beings. I mean, it's just it's constant. And, and the fear that I have as a parent is that my kids will become addicted, not so much maybe to alcohol, but it could be fentanyl, it could be opioids, or it could be social media. I truly believe that there are addictions yeah. to social media that young people go through. And I see it with my my seven-year-old. You try to get an iPad away from him, you need the jaws of life to get it from this otherwise sweet, good <laughs> kid. But boy, he when he, you try to get this thing away... Uh, I, I, you'll, you'll see one day, Charlie, I, I, I would imagine, but, uh, it, it ain't pretty. So my, my daughter wants a phone. She's 10. She's a Swifty. Uh, she ain't getting one until she's 16. It, I keep hearing, well, my friends have it. it. You're not getting one. I'm sorry. I don't like what they're exposed to. And I don't like the addiction that, that it creates. Well, what they're exposed to and what they could be exposed to. We know what happens when you have a phone and you have all those creeps that are floating out in the universe that now have access right. to your kids. Um, it's interesting because I actually have thought about it already, Joe, and I don't have kids yet, but I've already made a promise to myself, and I know it's easier said than done because kids are, you know, sometimes hard to entertain and you're in certain environments where they see all the other kids have iPads and screens. I am not giving my kid an iPad. Like, they are not having access to an electronic screen. Uh, I don't know what at, uh, up to what age I can prevent that from happening, but I really want to stick with that because I see things like what you're saying. Also, I heard a story from Matt Walsh who was talking and he was saying how he's very, very particular about how much screen time his kids get. You know, they're very it's very much like reserved for road trips or reserved for very certain scenarios. And he said at one point, though, he and his wife came to the decision that. Okay, they would allow a little bit of screen time at home. 
something like an hour a week, which is not a lot compared to the volume that a lot of children are on their screens. Yeah. He said, I was listening to his podcast a few weeks ago, that his kid had the iPad and he took it away from him and threw such a tantrum, like the like you just mentioned, such a tantrum that Matt was so alarmed that he threw the iPad in the trash can. He's like, that's it. This, If this is what this is leading to, like this type of behavior and this maniacalness or whatever that word is, uh, we can't have this anymore. Like, I'm just not going to do this damage to your brain. So we, he literally threw out the iPad and that was that. Good for him. And, and that's the thing. Yeah. I think parents sometimes either they're tired or they're lazy or it's both where they just give their kid one of these devices and then they don't have to worry about them for a while. They could go do what they want to do. And I see it so often in restaurants where you have a family sitting around a table and no one's talking to each other. Even the parents are in their phones scrolling through Twitter or Facebook pages. No one's talking to each other. So when the rare yeah. times I actually get to go out <laughs> with my friends, Charlie, in the city, we will put, and this is a rule we agreed to years ago and we still do it to this day. We put all our phones into the middle of the table and the first one that reaches for it, you're picking up the tab for everybody and it works. And we actually have this Ooh. thing called a conversation like we're having now, you know, where no one's looking down, everybody's looking eyes on. I say try it sometime with your friends. That's actually a great idea. Yeah, I and honestly, that would be a really good incentive to not want to be on my phone because I don't want to pay. I don't want to be the one to pay. No, not so like if you must look, then by all means. Yeah, especially in New York, especially in New York, you don't want to pay the tab. Okay, so Joe, you mentioned that you have a daughter. Yes. And is she an athlete? Oh, yeah. And and when we talked, I'll, I'll make this a quick answer. When we talked about cost before, yeah. my daughter in the span of last summer went to Philadelphia, then San Diego, then Washington, D.C. to play soccer. Guess what that costs to make those trips? So, yeah, she's an excellent soccer player on an excellent team. I can't Jersey, even. But she just turned. 10. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine how much I was just you know what I'm trying to recall. I was just listening to something recently and there was like another mother and she was like, I have to do all of these things because my kid plays travel sports and you do not want to know the type of bill that that runs up a family. So uh, that's the second time I've heard that in a single week. Uh, but that's oh, yeah. the kind of thing you want your daughter to be doing, right? Otherwise, if she's not playing soccer in all of these places, what is she doing? She's probably sitting at home on watching TV or, or on her phone. And that's, you know, what you're doing is is... Absolutely perfect. Um, but this leads me to my next story because you've probably already heard it being talked about. Uh, there's a transgender golfer named Haley Davidson who just won a pretty big tournament down in Florida, the NXXT tournament. Yeah. And what it is, is it's kind of like a gateway into the LGPGA. So, you know, if, if you win these tournaments, your potential to get into the to the pros becomes more realistic. And Davidson actually said years ago when she appeared on Good Morning Britain, she said that it's an undisputed fact men are physically, or is this, did she say this years ago or was this what she said recently? Sorry, my notes have disappeared. So I'm just going <laughs> to, uh, to figure it out from here. It <clears throat> doesn't matter when she said it. She said it's an undisputed fact men are physically stronger than women. So I mean, yeah. if she's going to say that and then she's entering into women's sports, what does that say? If someone's admitting that as a biological man, it is undisputed that there's an advantage, yet I am going to 
undergo hormone therapy, which I guess has a, makes a slight difference, but you know, not to the effect that you're still not a biological man. I mean, where are we at here where this is allowed, where you have these governing bodies of these sports organizations and leagues who hear these facts being spoken by the athletes themselves, and yet they are still allowing these athletes to compete against women who are now at a severe disadvantage. I mean, as a father, oh, what are you supposed I, to do here? I, I saw this, believe it or not, last year. When my kid was nine, and there was clearly another player on the other team that was a boy playing as a girl. I guess she went from, uh, you know, Harry to Harriet. But, uh, and, and the kid looked like Pele all of a sudden because he's going against uh, girls. And, and look, it's a very simple argument to make. If steroids, HGH, is banned from sports because it gives you a biological and chemical advantage, then men that were born men competing against women that were born women should not be allowed as well because they have a chemical and biological advantage. It's that simple. And then just, Charlie, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, USA Boxing decided that it was a good idea to uh, allow biological men to box biological women. You know how many people have been killed in boxing rings since that sport uh, became legal? 2,000, more than 2,000 people, when it's men on men have been killed. So you're gonna put a man in, in, in a boxing ring with a woman? Does it take, I think it was Riley Gaines who said this, is it gonna take someone getting killed by someone playing, say, volleyball on a spike and just, you know, knocking somebody's nose up into their brain before we have to realize that this is wrong. Now, you mentioned, but yeah, my daughter's an athlete. My daughter's an athlete. Yeah, I'm a state champion, Wayne Valley High School, New Jersey. Yes, I have some athletic prowess, or at least I had it anyway. <laughs> but but my, I'm sure my you, wife, I'm sure you've still got it, Joe. I, I got some in pickleball. That, that's what I'm reduced to at this point when you get to my age. But uh, pickleball is a my, big deal these days. It is. It's it's not, you know, playing, you know, football at a high level, but it, it, you can't get a court. You know, it's very hard to get get to these things. But but the athletic side for my son and my daughter comes from my wife because she ran Division One track at Georgetown, uh, the 600 and the 800 uh, nationally ranked, all that fun stuff. She's she's a gazelle, basically. Um, and I had a point around this. Oh, yeah. She's kind of an apolitical person. In other words, she's doing the doctor thing. She's doing the mom thing. Uh, she's doing the Pilates thing when she does have time off. She's not really paying too much attention to politics. <laughs> but when she thing. hears about, seriously, when she heard about Leah Thomas. Pilates, not the, politics. No, it's not. It's it's actually very cathartic for the mind and and for the soul is, is, is what she's uh, told me. Yep. But as far as uh, Leah Thomas is concerned, when she heard about this, I never saw her get so passionate and so angry, quite frankly. She's like, they're going to allow that person? What is what is six one, six two? It's got legs like, you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to race against these other poor girls? And she, she's like, that is so wrong. Do you know how hard it is to get to a Division One level and then the sacrifices you have to make to stay there? And then this person who's a guy is going to race against them when they know when they're in the blocks, they're about to race, they're going to lose because they see the physical advantage this person has. So, yeah, I mean, thank God you have Riley Gaines and other people in this country that are finally pushing back and saying this is wrong. And I hope more women step up if they see a guy. But I just can't believe. And, and boycott. Sorry, go ahead. I just can't believe, though. It's Listen, I, I think we, it's not even like none of us realize what's happening here. It's just the fact in this situation I'm looking at specifically, this athlete is saying Yes, men have a major disadvantage over women. And then the governing bodies are like, oh, they're saying this. 
And then they're gonna, you know, turn around and compete as a woman, and it's totally fine. It's just like, that's like me saying like, you know, sitting down at a, a blackjack table and say like, hey, I'm gonna look at everyone else's cards, but like, don't worry about it. And then they're like, oh, we're not gonna worry about it. And then I, I win and, and it's acceptable. I just don't, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of cheating. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'll, I'll finish with this thought. What happened to Riley Gaines when she's gone to college campuses to speak and she's literally chased into rooms where she's fearing that she could be physically harmed. Uh, that That's why these governing bodies are doing this because if they push back, they feel they're going to be labeled as transphobic. And there's going to be all these protests. Of course. It, it's, it's about PR and nothing more, even though the PR, I think, ultimately is bad because normal people like us are talking about this and saying this is a whole bowl of wrong. Yeah, I wish more people, I wish more normal people were talking about it. I have so many friends who were like, oh, I'm so happy that you're speaking out against this. It's, you're so right. And I'm like, well, duh, I'm right. Uh, <laughs> but also, can you say something? I'm, yeah. If everyone were to just speak up, I don't think it would be an issue anymore. But people, are, like you just mentioned, are, are nervous because they don't want to be labeled as hateful, which I also understand. But come on, like at some point it needs to needs to be put to an end. Um, what I was going to say on the subject of cheating is uh, obviously Jim Harbaugh comes to mind because they <laughs> you know, went through the whole sign stealing scandal earlier this season. Uh, ultimately, though, ending up with a national championship. Great news for Jim Harbaugh. Lots of money in his pocket. Lots of fame. It's all good. Uh, but now, we know, we've been speculating for some time now whether he was going to stay at Michigan or he was going to head to the NFL. And it looks like the deal is all but done between Jim Harbaugh and the Los Angeles Chargers. So there's just a few details that need to be ironed out. Uh, but Outkicks Armando Soguero reporting Harbaugh is going to be making more than what he was making at Michigan, which was $12 million a year, but will be making less than $18 million. And $18 million is the number being put out there because that's what Sean Payton is making for the Denver Broncos. He kind of had a, I think, uh, one of the record deals as far as coaching's, coaching coaches were concerned. Uh, so somewhere in between those two numbers. But they did meet again yesterday to hash out some of the other details as it relates to personnel decisions, uh, hiring a general manager, assistant coaching staff, other things of that nature. But what do you think about this? Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL, fresh off winning a national championship. Yeah, I mean, former quarterback, right? I, I know I'm a Bears fan. He was with us for a while, not very good team, yeah. but he got us to the playoffs one year. Almost got the Colts to the Super Bowl one year against... Uh, the Steelers, a Hail Mary just fell short or else he would have led an average team there. So he's accomplished as a player. Obviously, he was already a coach in the NFL as far as the San Francisco 49ers and coming within a hair of winning that Super Bowl if Colin Kaepernick knew how to complete a six-yard pass uh, and had three chances to do it. No one really talks about that when it comes to Kaepernick. Anyway, the point is that Harbaugh then accomplished something at Michigan that even Bo Schimbeckler couldn't, and that is win an uh, undisputed national championship, undefeated, beat everybody along the way, the Alabama game, that Rose Bowl is the type of thing that you remember years later. So I don't think there was much for him to do at this point at Michigan, and he wants to prove, okay, I can win a college national championship, I can win a Super Bowl championship. Is he going to get Peyton money? He'll almost get Peyton money. Uh, you know, remember Sean Peyton did win a Super Bowl uh, with the Saints, so he has that feather in his cap, and obviously is a brilliant offensive mind. So the Chargers, I mean, if you're going to work anywhere, that's nice. Los Angeles, you know, you got the new stadium, you have a team that you know, has a history of just not winning, right? They haven't been to a Super Bowl in nearly 30 years, yet they have a great quarterback. 
So you can work some things here as far as the Chargers are concerned. So it only makes sense. Yeah, I, I get the cheating thing, but I have a feeling that it happens a lot more than than we know the stealing signs sure. thing. Uh, so I'm, I don't think that's really going to be a legacy thing. Just like it was with Brady and the whole inflate or deflate gate. I, I just think it's stupid. People look for advantages, and these things happen. So that's that. This is just a big year for the Harbaugh family. This is insane. I mean, we've got the Ravens on the cusp of going to the Super Bowl should they win this weekend. You've got another Harbaugh brother about to sign a, you know, somewhere between 12 and 15 million, 12 and 18 million dollar contract to be the new head coach of the Chargers. Uh, it, there's going to be some major family celebrations this year, potentially. I mean, think about it. Super Bowl win, new head coach. I don't know. It's looking like, um, I guess, what holidays, the, the next one coming up. Fourth of July, big Fourth of July celebration. I don't know. Maybe they uh, they've got some uh, big plans up their sleeves. I, I mean, the Harbaughs—they they seem like likable guys, right? They're they're like the Kelseys, except not annoying. That that's the difference I see between the Kelseys <laughs> and Jason and Travis and and Jim. Well, they're and, also uh, much older. Harbaugh. This is true. I guess they're a little bit more uh, ingrained, right? In in terms of their, their yeah, lives. they're a little more mature. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps you see Kelsey at that at that game. Uh, over the weekend with the, the, the drinking Bud Light and the shirt off and everything like that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I talk about screaming for attention, just like the, the girlfriend and Taylor Swift, like, dude, just watch the game. I mean, I have a beer. I, I have no problem with that, but stop it already. Come on, please. The, it is. The, the, the Kelsey brothers are definitely attention whores. Uh, and I, I think it's funny that so many different people have said, you know, regardless of their fandom, they are totally pulling for the Ravens because they just cannot endure any more media coverage of the Kelseys and Taylor Swift. And I got to say, I'm on board with that argument because I just want to watch some football at this point in time. Uh, but we're talking about big money, Joe. And there was news yesterday, huge news, that WWE's Monday Night Raw is going to be streaming on Netflix starting in January of 2025. And it is Big money. Uh, the deal worth more than $5 billion over 10 years. So as you know, I'm a former WWE personality. Uh, I actually worked Monday Night Raw for nearly five years. Uh, we were on the USA Network. What's that? I watched. Like when I met you, it was like kind of oh, like, you a, watched. this is really yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. say it, but I'm like, I didn't want to do the whole yeah. fan thing. But yeah, no, I watched. You, you were very good at what you did. Yeah, so so you know we were on USA Network, and that's been the home of of uh, Monday Night Raw for forever now. Let's see, it it came back to USA Network in two thousand five. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's been on USA ever since. And now Fox is the agreement with Fox and SmackDown is coming to an end. So SmackDown will move to the USA Network, and then uh, eventually, start of next year, Netflix. I mean, we've seen what Netflix has been able to accomplish with other sports leagues. I mean, what was the uh, Formula One mm -hmm. blew up as a result of the Netflix series. So what do you think this is going to do for WWE? Well, it's going to put billions of dollars in their coffers, right? And I think, but look, there's one young. We, we talked about age before, right? And, and younger people watch things on their phones. They don't get cable packages anymore. So this only makes yeah. sense if that's your target audience, right? And, and look, everybody had a big problem with the NFL putting Dolphins Chiefs that that playoff game a couple of weeks ago on Peacock, and then they only drew 24 million people 
to watch that game on a streaming service, the highest ever. It was even higher than the game that was in that time slot a year before on NBC. So this appears to be where things are going. And I have a column out for The Messenger uh, that, that was on Drudge a couple of days ago, kind of blew up, about how one day, and that's that one day is not too long from now, I say there's going to be the Super Bowl on pay-per-view because the supply and demand is absolutely there. People will pay for a yeah. game like that. And you'll hear people, you can't do that. You can't charge us anymore. This is ridiculous. And they're going to go ahead and do it anyway, like they did with Dolphins Chiefs. So this only made sense for the WWE because it's the future, quite frankly. And you can't say no to money like that when you're offered it. Yeah, I think the streaming is definitely the future of, of everything. I, I think we've seen over the years cable television slowly disappearing. Maybe not even so slowly. I feel like in some cases it's just been... You know, the program has completely left uh, cable and gone to streaming. But there's just so many options. There's like so many platforms, Joe. I'm like, listen, I am not subscribing to Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max and Paramount and Amazon. Like at that rate, I'm paying the exact same amount that I was paying for a cable package, which the reason a lot of people cut their cords was because it was so stupidly expensive. Yeah, now we're catching up. Right? I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, it's on Paramount. Wait a minute. I have Paramount Plus, and then you look at your bank. You're like, like, oh, I've been. You have you're like, wait a minute, I've been paying for this for months now, which is pretty much my yeah. life story. I look at my my credit card bill, and I'm like, oh, I'm paying for an Aura ring, except I don't own an Aura ring. Interesting. <laughs> you forget what you're subscribed to, and that's the whole thing. When you think about, it, you're like, ah, oh, Peacock, I'll get it for this game, and I'll pay the six bucks or whatever it is. And then I'll forget about it. And then one day when I have this urge to watch, I guess, Parks and Recreation, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I have Peacock. But, you know, oh, you, you got to keep track Parks of this stuff. It's actually very good. I, yeah, I love it, Parks and Rec is is top tier, uh, along with South Park and Family Guy. Uh, all of them, fantastic. Okay, before I let you go, Joe, I saw this yes. video on social media yesterday. I had to throw it in the show because I was just, it was an OMG moment. Um, watch this video and then we'll get into it. <laughs> Gloves. <laughs> Okay, so this is a girl who ordered a McFlurry from McDonald's and got like an entire plastic bag in her cup. Like, I don't even think I saw any ice cream in there. It was just a bag with like drippings on it. Um, and I love that her friend was like, do we sue? Because that's everyone's first thought these days. Like, right, how can I make it like a quick little mini jackpot? Um, what is the craziest thing, Joe, that you've ever found in your food? Oh, wow. I found a ring once, to be honest. Uh, it was in Hoboken. You found a ring? Once a ring, yeah, like like a wedding ring, but not like a female wedding ring, like the guy wedding ring, just like the you know. The oh, thing, damn it! Right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that, that could have been a nice little payday. So I guess maybe the chef somehow it fell up there, or he put it down for whatever reason, and then it got on the spatula. Who knows? But what, I, I love the. Do you owner, remember what so the never, food was? Complain. What's that? Do you remember what the food was that you found it in? Chicken franchise. But it had a side of penny oh pasta, so it was in the penny pasta of the side of the chicken. Oh my god! Case. Yeah, it was the place that where I actually so... got engaged to my wife. Oh my! Well, that's interesting. Maybe there was like a deeper meat. Was this before or after the engagement? After the engagement, so I, I'm I'm thinking, wait, <laughs> is this a thing to get engaged? They're like, here's place? a wedding ring. You don't have to buy one. Here, we're just giving you one. <laughs> yeah, but I, I've been friends with the owner for years, so I, I couldn't be like, what is this? This is an outrage. I just kind of laughed about it and. 
if we moved like a month after this happened. So I really, I've been back once, but I don't know. You yeah. can't, it's hard to get that stuff out of your mind, even if you like the place, but I'll, I'll never name who it is. Yeah. I'm not that guy. Well, I once found a uh, rubber band in my enchiladas at a place called Alcapulco Joe's in Indianapolis. I don't know if it still exists, but I will call them out because it was disgusting and I've never gone back. But, you know, I would rather have a ring than a rubber band. That's for sure. Definitely yeah, I, um, a better find. My, my nickname in college uh, at the fraternity house was Acapulco Joe. So it's very interesting that you that happened oh. to you there. Oh, my God. It's I'm going to start calling thing. you that, Alcapulco Joe. Thank you. I used to uh, vacation Alcapulco as a as a as a child, so we're we're just we're coming full circle. Um, okay, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. I always appreciate it, and we'll see you soon. That was a fun conversation. The, the, the beginning was a little depressing, that was fun, depressing, but I think. And it was now you have to go upstairs. Yeah, and now you have to go upstairs and and take care of the kiddos uh, per our opening conversation. So get to work, Joe. Yeah, so we'll start in 13 minutes, so I gotta run. Bye. <laughs> okay, see you later. Outkick the morning will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Well, we've got one more story to get to. And this one is, you know, we started off the show on a little bit of a depressing note. We're going to end the show on a little bit of a depressing note because, you know, we woke up thinking it was Thursday and it's Wednesday, which is in fact, very depressing. So it's very fitting. Um, Here we go. Final story is that Oakland's only in and out burger closing after 18 years, but not because, you know, they want to go out of business. They're looking to retire. It's because of soaring crime rates in Oakland. No surprise there. And the real doozy of this whole story is that this is a very profitable in and out franchise. They aren't closing, like I said, because the owners want to retire. They're not closing because they're losing money. They're closing because of crime. This was a statement put out by the chief operating officer at In-N-Out saying, quote, oh, we just we just let it go. So I'm going to read it off my page. Oh, here we go. It's back. Despite taking repeated steps to create safer conditions, our customers and associates are regularly victimized by car break-ins, property damage, theft, and armed robberies. I mean, how scary is that? You go to In-N-Out Burger, and instead of being able to enjoy your meal, you are burglarized. You are all of the things. Um, I had a bunch of notes again in my script that I was going to read. Um to uh, give you more of an idea of what was going on here. Um, But there was like a break-in, I think I read, in broad daylight into someone's SUV. Uh, There's apparently a cluster of gas stations right around the corner of this In-N-Out Burger that are also regularly the victims of all types of crime. In fact, so much so that it said one of the shell stations that's right around the corner is known as the most dangerous gas station in America. So uh, with a title like that, I'm not sure I would want to be a fast food restaurant right around the corner either. So this is just very sad. Um, It's like a lot of the cities we're seeing in this country that are just completely falling apart because of crime. 
and there's no ability for police to do their jobs. Um, I had another stat as far as police efforts were concerned in Oakland, but I don't have it anymore. But just believe me when I tell you they're not the same as they used to be because of the Democratic leaders in our country. So uh, that is going to do it for this edition of Outkick the Morning. Everybody, thank you so much for being here. Uh, make sure that you tune in tomorrow. It's going to actually be Thursday, so that's a positive. It would be more positive if it was Friday, but we'll get there. Uh, until then, follow me on social media at Charlie on TV. And everybody, have a fabulous Wednesday, and I'll see you tomorrow.